0: Hi and welcome to the second, first episode of City Till I Die podcast. Now, um, the reason I say it's a second of the first is because I did some previous ones before and I wasn't very happy with them. So I decided to delete them. I've been away for a while as well due to personal reasons. So I'm going to be starting them again from today on the last day of the football season which is now today is Sunday the 23rd of May okay and I will do some also during the European football championships as well and it's going to be about Man City and it's going to be about all football that's happening so on and so forth all football news now also I'm going to try and play a little bit of music for you every now and again as well just to make it a bit more interesting okay give you a bit more so i'm going to start off with a little bit of music for you to start off i hope you enjoy it um, anybody can guess who the artist is please feel free to leave comments below So that was Ghost featuring Ian Astbury and it was off Slash's very first solo album featuring numerous artists, that was good. So yeah, so today obviously City take on Everton at home in the final game of the Premier League season. Highly exciting because obviously we're picking up and lifting the Premier League trophy today. Who's going to lift it? Well, apparently it's going to be Sergio Aguero who's going to lift it with Fernandinho. Um, Obviously, questions are what the team's going to be. Is he going to go full strength? Is he going to um, risk possible injuries? It's a good question. We'll have to find out, won't we? Personally, I would go for a reasonably strong team because we have a week of rest and a week to recover um, before we have to travel down to Portugal and for the Champions League final next week. Obviously we don't want any injuries but that's unfortunate part of football. Now I'm going to read some news, I'm going to go from some news on football and on Manchester City in particular and I'm going to read it for you, I'm going to go through it and we're going to at what's going on in the local newspaper, in, the, in some of the newspapers. Um, So the first article I want to look at is in the Guardian and it is Pep Guardiola hopes for a 30 goal striker with Man City linked for Harry Kane. Well, again, I mean, the beauty, beauty about Guardiola for me is his ability to adapt to every different scenario. We lost left backs a few seasons ago. He he played Freebian and Delft there. He adapts. He played. He adapted Zinchenko to a left back. And on his current form, I think Zinchenko is one of the best left backs in the game at the moment. That's just obviously my opinion. Um, he's one of the best left backs. He's improved dramatically. He's improved. His positioning play he's excellent on the ball. He gets stuck in. He's tonight tenacious, so he's very good. So my point being is they've gone a little bit off topic there, but yet my point is that obviously this season he adapted by playing a false nine, and I was I was always the one very frustrating when you see City whipping in balls early in the season and no stri- natural striker on the end of them. So I would like a natural striker. I am a one of these all type of. Number nine, number ten type combo, big man, small man combo. Um I liked Edin Dzeko and I also liked Alvaro Negredo, who was um a very good striker, and I was I hoped he would have stayed at City a lot longer than he did. So the question is who will Pep Guardiola go for? Now the conundrum we have is obviously Harry Kane will be, I imagine. He's at PKG. he will be roughly about under ten hundred and twenty million pounds that Tottenham will ask for him. So the question is: do we go for him and pay 120 million pounds? And if we were to go for that in, in this current COVID climate, um regarding finances, maybe they'd offer offer him offer 60 million up front with another 60 million paid over instalments or paid next year or paid via um, appearance fees or maybe if we win the the Premier League you get extra on top of that. However, it's a lot of money. But What is particularly interesting is Erland Haaland is available next season, 23 years of age, for what I believe to be a price of 68 million euros. So do Man City say well, well we'll cope with what we've got, we'll have Jesus, we'll use Ferran Torres there who's as a centre forward has improved vastly regarding what he does off the ball um, from what he did when he played there earlier in the season. His uh, hold up play is not wasn't to the standard of Gabriel Jesus' hold up play but his finishing and composure in the penalty area is better than that of Gabriel Jesus who is... A um brilliant player, I loved guy. I, I I've said I've said I would have him over Neymar any day of the week for the simple reason he's he's got skill, he's got tenacity, and he takes a kick in and he just gets up and gets on with it. He doesn't roll around, he doesn't throw a tantrum, he's a hell of a professional player. Loved a lad. But unfortunately, in my opinion, where he falls short sometimes is the fact that he gets a majority The vast majority of his goals inside the penalty area. Okay. Um, So, what you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, the big deal about that, in my opinion, is we get often Premier League teams come to to the Etihad or even at their ground and just park the bus and pack the penalty area full of players and block shots, throw people at the shots, and just basically he doesn't get a lot of time at all. Okay. I don't think, I can't think at the top of my head, how many goals Jesus has scored from outside the area. The only one I can think of was the final goal of the season against Southampton in the Centurion season where he, uh, he ran through and lobbed a goalkeeper. That's the only one I can think of at the top of my head. So we need a striker with all-round capabilities or maybe a striker that doesn't score as many goals in my opinion, but will help create and help pull defenders out of positions and bully defenders a little bit and somebody who can get on the end of a cross that's whipped in and banging a header or two. Right, so let's have a look what this article says. Okay, so Manchester City manager says player scoring 25-30 helps a lot. Well that's obvious isn't it? Champions end season at home up to Everton, okay. So Pep Guardiola, and this is by Jamie Jackson of the Guardian. Pep Guardiola, Guardiola, would like to have a striker who mm. scores thirty goals next season. With a Manchester Sorry,
1: City. Sorry, I don't know that
0: one. Okay, that was Alexa. For some reason, I never even said the the core word, and it started responding. The deep state are watching us, folks. Anyway. Sorry about that. Yeah, so um we talk about that. Aguero will leave the club after a decade following next Saturday's Champions League final against Chelsea with Pep Guardioli is interested in signing Kane. He did not speak directly about the centre forward, which he's not going to do, is he? City claimed the Premier League and Carabao Cup title without a traditional number nine. Again, I think that's all down to the fact that um, having people in the box and you can get as many people you can in the penalty areas who are composed, like Gundogan, like like, um, Phil Foden, like obviously Kevin De Bruyne, then really it shouldn't matter whether it's a centre forward or not. Um, um, And that's worked for Guardiola this season. However, being old fashioned, I still like a good old centre forward to anticipate these Shots where was, we've had many times where it's come off the goalkeeper and nobody's been there and it or ball's been whipped across the box and nobody's been in the right position making the, 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 the front post run or the back post run. We've had none of that and we missed out on some goals that we could have scored more, I think, in my opinion. City but OK, these included Ilkay Gundogan, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, who is not when it comes to composure finishing one-on-one, is not very good, in my opinion. Ferran Torres, El and Gabriel Jesus. Guardiola will like the option of having a prolific forward at City, but in emphasis, he does not want the burden of goals going to fall on one player. Again, I think this is the biggest difference between Manchester City and Liverpool, is the fact that we have, we I can't remember the last time it, we've had a goal scorer finish top of the starts in, in for man city at the goal scoring charts we always spread our goals out throughout the whole of the team and i think that has given us a unique advantage um in the, in the premier league seasons regarding you know goals nobody knows who to stop because anybody is capable of scoring goals even our center halves have come up with goals this season um also I think what I forget to mention it, they might mention it further in the article, is that we've got Liam Delap coming through next season. So depending on how Guardiola rates him, I think he will be training the first team. So he could be a possible signing, which is why I I would like Harry Kane, but I don't think City will pay over the tops, unnecessary fees for Harry Kane. I think Guardiola will say, "We'll stick with what we got this season." And we'll go for the cheaper option. Who probably just as good. 23 years of age. Ireland Harland next season. But I will say this. Whoever doesn't get Harry Kane. I probably will guarantee 99.9% chance. Will get Ireland Harland next season. Okay. I would love to have a guy who scores 50 goals. He said before City's final game of the season. At home to Everton on Sunday. I would love it. But the same, I don't like just to have all the pressure on one player. Even at Barcelona, Lionel Messi scored more than fifty goals ever every season. But in that team, for example, in our first season, Samuel Reto scored a lot. So also, I've heard people say why. Guardiola might not go for Harry Kane this summer or Harlan because we don't need a striker because we play with the false nine. Guardiola, like I said before, adapts. Okay. If he has a striker, he gets a striker, he will slightly change the way he plays. He's he has used strikers, like I say, he's used Messi, he's used Eto and at um Bayern Munich he had one of the best in Lewandowski as well. He will use strikers, he will use them, he just likes them to work hard off the ball, he likes them to drop deep as a deep lying forward, uh, link up play, hold up play, and he likes them to, you know, be very, very versatile, okay? Which I think Harry Kane is and Erland Harland is. Guardiola, to win titles, especially in the Premier League, the statistics speak for themselves. You need at least three guys scoring more than 10 goals, 12 goals, 15 goals to be competitors. And which is what City have. But when you have a guy who scores 25 or 30, it helps a lot, obviously. We will try, due to the way we play, to have everybody involved in scoring goals. The more players we have with this ability, quality, the better we will be. And again, this, that is proved. I think over the, over the um, five seasons Guardiola's here, we've had so many different players contributing to goals. Um, that um, I think that's why we've been so consistent in all competitions. Aguero, who faces a late fitness test to be available on Sunday, uh, has recalled his most famous goal, the winning ga- the winner against Queens Park Rangers on the final day of the 2011-2012 season, after ninety three minutes and twenty seconds to win. City the title. It's the best memory that I will have in my head, said the Argentinian. I don't think it will happen again in another country or in this one. It's not something that can be repeated. I don't know if it was the best goal ever because it was just another goal but it was the best moment of my life every time I watched the goal with my friends, or my son, shows it to me and I watch it with my family. It seems as though it was last year when actually a lot of time has passed. And next season, next year, which is, it will be the 10th anniversary of that famous incident. But I always remember this goal like it was yesterday. It was just so crazy. And remember that night we went with our families and everyone from the club to party two days of crazy partying but with the family people from the club okay so that seems to be the end of that article a bit of a weird end to that article well yeah so basically will Guardiola will he get Another striker will City pay for Harry Kane, the sort of money that I think um Daniel Levy will demand for him. I don't think City will. I don't think City have gone over a set price range for anybody so far. they, they, they have a evaluation in their heads of what they believe the player is worth. And they stick to that valuation. So what's your opinion? Do you think City will get Harry Kane? Would you rather City get Harry Kane this season or wait next season for Erland Haaland and maybe strengthen in other positions this summer? Um, bearing in mind obviously City made a 129 million pound loss due to Covid Over this financial year, so yeah, that's interesting. So, in a minute, I'm going to go over my thoughts on the game today when we play Everton, what I think the score will be, and then I'm going to go through some more football news. But first, I am going to play you one more, and one more, another song, and obviously, um. This is a bit of a motivation hopefully for City today and everybody should know who this song is and who it's by.
1: I wanna die, baby I just wanna breathe
0: guys welcome back to the City Till I Die podcast. Now um, I don't really need to introduce to, um to tell you who that was. It was Oasis Live Forever and my tribute to Sergio Aguero who will be playing his last game for Manchester City today. Oh sorry no he won't be will because he? he might be in the Champions League final next year but next week. Possibly, I don't think he'll feature in that game, but we'll see. So today we play Everton, who um, are a tough team. Uh, we'll be well. I think we'll be well organised with with a three at the back, with two solid holding midfield players, and they're going to be tenacious and they're going to get stuck in. And it's going to be a tough game today. Everton will always represent a tough game in the Premier League, especially with um, the forwards they have of Calvert Lewin who I wouldn't mind at City, I don't rate him as high as Harry Kane but he's a good player and Rick Charleston as well is an excellent player who can cause City a lot of worries but I think City will win it and I think we'll win it 2-1 what the team will be I haven't got a clue so anyway we'll have a look for some more news and in the Manchester Union today, there's an interesting article here I want to share with you. It is called the Vincent Company Gene: the top, the pop star girlfriend and the football obsession. Our Man City star Ruben Diaz became footballer of the year. Now, first thing I'm going to say about Ruben Diaz is whoever did the homework on that guy should get a pay rise, should get a bonus. Unbelievable homework, unbelievable um, scouting done in the recruitment of um, Ruben Diaz. Because at the beginning of the season, I think everybody was um, rooting for us to go for Kuladuk, Kulabali, um who was 29 years of age. And I think Napoli, who are notoriously bad to negotiate with, who um, have screwed us over a few times regarding signings in the past. We had to negotiate with him. it was a hard, hard negotiation. And I said at the beginning of last season, if we got Kuda Barley, we would win the league. Obviously we didn't get him, we got Ruben Diaz, and boy, 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 am I glad we got Ruben Diaz instead at 23 years of age, we're going to get 10, if not more, seasons out of him. Playing nowhere near his peak level yet. Excellent signing for the price. So, hey, let's have a look at this article. Before Ruben Diaz made his Manchester City debut on an unspeakably foul night in death deepest Yorkshire, the Blues are conceding seven goals in three games. I remember, um, I think we played Leicester, didn't we? And we got, what was it five or six, two, we conceded. And um, as part of that defence, was the same defence that played, apart, apart from I think, um, yes, the left back. It was the same defence that we played against Newcastle and we where we shipped f- um, three goals against them. And uh, for some reason last season, City didn't he, Guardiola didn't fancy John Stones, who he, has emerged this season and has become one of the best centre halves in in the Europe at the moment, because uh, I believe he had certain psychological, certain um issues, personal issues at home, and he was playing. He opted for Garcia instead, and I don't think Garcia oh, Gar- is oh, Gar- oh, a good player. I don't think he was up to the task. He was positioning. His, He was out of position. His pace, he struggled for pace, and he struggled for physicality against big, physical, strong, um, quick strikers. I think he is more suited for the Premier League. So obviously, we needed a striker, and Ruben Diaz came in just at the right time. So with their new record signing at the heart of the defence and the desperate team going through the rocky spell of a title winning season, it would take them another 14 games to concede so many. So we conceded 7 goals in 3 games and then when Ruben Diaz signed and started playing, we conceded 7 goals in 14 games. Totally, totally different. And you can see the difference straight away within an hour. I could see this guy was going to be good. And once City had their bit between their teeth and were defending better as a team due in no small part to the influence and sheer grit of their new 23-year-old defender, they quickly became the meanest defence in the Premier League. I concur. The stats would be remarkable in terms of any player's impact on a team, but when that player is such a young centre back playing his first season in the world's toughest league, in a strange city and an alien country, it starts to become even more impressive. Definitely, you know, uh, obviously, during a COVID lockdown where you 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 restricted, can't leave Manchester, because um, Manchester was locked down straight away, it didn't even open up once. Lockdown, you know, no fans. Probably only contact people from home via Skype or Zoom or whatever. You know, that's one of the biggest um, killers of players from abroad is the settlement and missing family and missing their usual culture, their usual foods, because obviously there would have been no Portuguese restaurants open. Um, So, yeah. Oh, there would have been, but it wouldn't have been that we meet up with putch friends or whatever and go to them. Um, so, yeah, so very, very impressive. Um, I think that's one of the reasons as well why um, Ferran Tavares, who he has had a good season, s- slowly s- took a bit of time to settle at first as well for those reasons. To comply with the strict reg. Regulations surrounding football in a season affected by lockdown, Diaz has spent his first season largely shuttling between the flat he shares with his pop star girlfriend April Evie who splits her life, her career in Lisbon and her boyfriend in Manchester and the City Football Academy for the non-stop round of training, travel and matches. That should be a tough task to adapt to a new way of life and a new team and club, and is one of which great players have found affecting their form in normal circumstances, let alone the added strain of Covid times. Without a doubt, a remarkable, to be honest. But Diaz has dealt with it by throwing himself into his football. And he, he even spends hours studying the game and then ana- analyzing his own faults when he finishes for the day and turns to his city centre abode, so who is his girlfriend laughed off the fact that Diaz spends much of his spare time watching matches, and Diaz de- defends his obsession. There is always a new opponent opportunity to learn a part of the game that you can analyse to see a goal that a team suffers now the team fails to try to prevent it or to see how to prevent it from happening he said he sounds like a he's obsessed with football he's obsessed with learning okay and in any art in any you more you learn the more you put into it the more time you spend analyzing the better you become You know, um, one of my idols, the greatest ever martial artist in the world in my opinion, Bruce Lee, forever, forever, every day, didn't stop and say I am as good as I can be. He He never believed he was as good as he can be. He always tried to improve to the extent where he would practice every day for hours and hours a day. He was obsessed with his art and I think the best in any sport or obsessed with their art. From a young age, encouraged by my father, I got used to learning something in everything I see and not just seeing the game as a show but as a study material. I didn't learn from just one, two or three players. I learned from 10, 20 or 30. I learned from everything I saw and again he's not even a peak yet. <laughs> That dedication has paid off handsomely with Diaz being a comfortable winner of the Football of the Year award voted by the country's football writers ahead of Harry Kane and teammate Kevin De Bruyne. The Portugal International is the first defender to win the award since Liverpool's Steve Nicol in 1989 and the only fifth player after Don Revy, Bert Troutman, Tony Buck and Raheem Sterling, so they're after the fifth city player, which baffles belief when you think about it. Absolutely baffles belief that David is not on that name. Sergio Aguero's not on that list. Yaya Torre, after a season of absolutely ripping the Premier League to shreds with over 20 goals and assists in a season, is not on that list. Unbelievable. Replacing Vincent Company. Was clearly City's biggest priority last summer. Their vague efforts to keep track of Liverpool's title surge were hammered by a defence that was vulnerable to counterattacks at crucial moments in key games. Yeah, I always said that the, the the teams there was a last season there was a there was a um, what was the word I'm looking for? There was a notable pattern of teams coming to the Etihad playing f- five at the back packing in the midfield and the two strikers would come back and drop deep okay, and they would become extra midfielders and they would drop on to Rodri and press him and lose the ball. So in transition, when the ball transitioned very, very quickly from, from us in possession to them in possession, City struggled and we had no organisation, we were everywhere. And that's where a lot of the teams got their goals against us by... By forcing us into errors, which is why Liverpool were successful, really, because that's their their main style: forcing us into errors and scoring a lot of goals. And I, I said a lot of our goals last season came from us making errors. Okay, and that is you know changed dramatically this season. But it also lacked a voice of authority at the back. John Stones was suffering with his own problems. Hasn't it? I thought, which I mentioned earlier. I am Laporte is a singular individual, and even club skipper Fernandinho, stood in admirably when Laporte was injured, is not a defender. No, he's more of a a um, register who chases the ball about, wins balls back all over the pitch, aggressive, and um, that's his so So, Sitting in one set rigid position is not Fernandinho's strength in my opinion and he does give away a lot of tactical fouls which we are obviously are detrimental to us when he's in the central, half, central defensive position as opposed to higher up in the midfield area. Um, Diaz came from Benfica, a big club in its own right but one which operates in a league that simply does not have match to match jeopardy of the Premier League never mind the relentless momentum of English football. But it was organising and inspiring from day one, and by throwing his body on line to effect blocks and tackles, memorably putting his face in the way of Ander Herrera's pile-driver in the Champions League semi-final against Paris Saint-Germain, that kind of bravery has rubbed off on his teammates. and City are now not only better in terms of their back four But they defend better as a unit. Perhaps the best attribute, sorry, perhaps the best tribute paid to Diaz came from Gareth Barry, now a TV pundit who was a teammate of company who was the same age as Diaz, and now when the midfielder moves to City from Aston Villa, is that true? Okay, Barry admits he was. Hook shocked by company's maturity in the dressing room when they first met. Whenever you speak to someone about Diaz, the first word they mention is leader, which is what Vincent company was, said Barry. Vinny was a huge miss last season, and he was always going to be a tough to replace, even in the locker room. He was a big, big miss, in my opinion. The game in which I've seen City has been i seen City has seen, been in a stadium with no fans, and the players you can hear is Ruben Diaz. The shirt, this that showed the whole, the role he has taken on himself, and it was needed. Not only is he talking a good game, he is producing great performances. The City defense looks strong now, and he's a huge part of that. He also seems to have. Mm, had a big impact on John Stone's return to form as well. I'm sure he will get the Vincent company comparison regularly now but it reminds me of when I first walked into the, the city dressing room. I didn't know much about Vincent but he was 23 at the time and speaking to him was like speaking to a 20 year old. It was a surprise. I was thinking who am I speaking to here? That stuff is born into you. The character, your leadership. Now Diaz is a central figure as City City head into the season climax. He has already received an individual award, a rarity for Blues players, which lift the Premier League trophy on Sunday and then be at the forefront as City head to Porto for next week's Champions League final. That's that article. And I believe... City next season will be defensively more solid for years to come with him. Yes, I had a bit of an interruption there, Um, but yeah, we're back. So now I'm going to play one last tune. And then we're going to finish off, I'm going to go through a little bit of other footballing news from other clubs and give you my opinions on them. So the question is, what tune am I going to play next? And is it going to be something everybody will enjoy? And I think it will be. Because who doesn't love a good bit of rock and roll? Um now then. was Elton John and I guess that's why they call it the Blues and that song perfectly um, perfectly shows the relationship of Manchester City fans with their football club in my opinion if you listen to the lyrics uh, okay now We're going to do a bit of other football news now from other clubs and um, this headline from Flipboard Watch. Luis Suarez scores a winner to secure a league title for Atletico Madrid. So, Atletico Madrid have won their first title in many, many years and have won La Liga title. Very, very interesting. Um, what will this mean for the other big two clubs in Spain? Will it mean Juan Koeman is dismissed or will it mean Zinedine Zidane dismissed? With both clubs not doing very well in the Champions League either. The only other issue they have though is, unlike previously, they have uh, don't have the funds in order to pay for a big manager and to bring in big players. So they might have to stick with what they've got, but it does show to show how those two have fallen away so much. Real Madrid and Barcelona, that Atletico Madrid, who are a club with not the budget, but have an excellent manager, has come through and won the title in Spain. So well done to Atletico Madrid. Now. More articles on Sky Sports. Merson says expect a drama filled final day. Well, hopefully, papers Man City made Kane inquiry in January. Okay, so that's an interesting one. I've at this one. Uh, Star on Sunday. Manchester City made an inquiry for Harry Kane back in January setting the wheels in motion for the English skipper to go public with his desire to leave this summer. Okay, That doesn't surprise me. I think he had it planned for a while He uh, and obviously he must have spoken to the representatives of other clubs in order to know that he has a chance that they want to sign him and there's a good chance of him going to go otherwise I don't think he would have... They've put in a transfer request. Okay, Bruno Fernandes is on the cusp of signing a new £200,000 a week Manchester United deal. That's interesting Bruno Fernandes definitely one of the best um, signings Manchester United have made in a long time. He totally transferred from their season and um, they're a totally different team without him. £200,000 a week when you think that they paid Alexis Sanchez, what was it, three hundred fifty thousand pound a week for sitting on the bench? I'd have thought he'd have wanted more than that, to be honest. But there we go. And the Sunday Times: Manchester United are ready to compensate Harry Kane for lost earnings at Tottenham Hotspur should the striker be forced to make a written transfer request to leave the North London club this summer. Manchester United are going to compensate. That's what Man United do. They pay. They will pay happily big money for these. Um, for players, especially if it means stopping them from getting them from City. Um, however, where's the money coming from for all the clubs to be honest? In this COVID restricted financial times. Sunday Express, Jaden Sancho loves the prospect of joining Manchester United this summer having already agreed personal terms with the club with the view of a 12th home, United are going to get Harry Kane, they're going to get Jaden Sancho, they're even probably going to get Messi, who is being quantum leaped back 10 years at the age of 22. I mean, come on, United are going to get everybody according to these headlines. Chelsea have reportedly set their sights on one of Monaco's most prized assets in young midfielder, fielder, yeah, can't pronounce his name. The mail on Sunday. Patrick, Patrick Vieira has made a stunning intervention as he backs Daniel X 1.8 billion Arsenal takeover. So, the Premier League is set to for talks with players at the end of the season to decide if they wish to take the knee again next season. That will be interesting when the fans are back in. Whether Fans will accept it because uh, yes, where everybody stands against racism in all forms. Um, a lot of the protests were for Black Lives Matter, which a lot of people believed were a political, um, were, were, were politically motivated, and uh, obviously political statements are not supposed to be allowed within football. The Premier League's 20 clubs are expected to split slightly more than £2.5 in in central funds and prize money for the 2020-2021 season. It's very interesting as well. Okay, When they say, I hear a lot about financial fair play and um, teams like Tottenham can't afford to pay this, can't afford to buy that, or Liverpool even don't spend that much because they can't afford it. Now, take COVID that. Covid situation out of it on normal circumstances. Liverpool are one of the biggest earning clubs, revenue-wise, in European football. Okay, um, if you think about that, if we're guaranteed one hundred million pound just for finishing bottom, you cannot tell me that Liverpool cannot spend one hundred million pound in the transfer window. I uh, I don't believe that one second. Okay, what I do believe is that they don't want to spend it. They want, obviously the owners are businessmen. They want to create dividends. They want to make profits. Obviously, football fans see that the other way around. They don't want to make profits. They want their football team to buy the best players and be more more successful. But financial fair play rules are in favour of clubs who make vast revenues, even if they've got debt, as long as they make... Don't fall um, below a certain amount of losses over a 3 season period. I think it's 30 million over three seasons. So they can spend whatever money they want to a certain extent based on the fact that they're guaranteed 100, just 100 million for and Bottom, Champions League revenue, match day sponsorship revenues, a lot. So what, they, what, what, what the fans don't want to see, in my opinion, is the clubs making profits and then finish falling short in the Premier League. I would rather my club makes no profit, zero, zero profit, obviously pays all all the bills, but buys players and finishes top of the table, wins titles, wins trophies. So that's, in my opinion... Nonsense when clubs say "Oh, Liverpool can't spend this or they don't want to spend it. That's the big difference And now Manchester United's desire to land a new right winger head of a triple oh, right winger now as well Right winger, head of a title push next season will see him offer 200 pound a week contract for King... Kingsley Common So they want Kingsley Com common, whatever his name is they want Jadon Sancho and they want Harry Kane, what? <laughs> that's a mail on Sunday. Sunday Mirror, Manchester City are ready to crank up the pressure on Tottenham to sell Harry Kane after Pep Waller omitted he would love a prolific striker to lead his attack. Who wouldn't? <laughs> OK, uh, so th- I think that's about it really. Um, because this podcast is coming up to the hour mark, and I am going to be saying goodbye for today. So hopefully, City will go out on a high today, win the game against Everton, we lift the trophy. And next season, next week, I will be a podcast later in the week regarding the Champions League and the Champions League final. So I'm glad you've enjoyed it today. Hopefully, City will finish Premier League title finished by the end of next week as Champions League, Premier League, and Carabao Cup winners. Have a good day, thanks. Love you all. Please subscribe. Please, please, please keep watching. Love you all. Goodbye and see you next time. Hello, guys. Welcome to episode two of the City Till I Die podcast. It's Friday, the twenty eighth of May, and tomorrow. It's a big day. Manchester City's first ever Champions League final versus Chelsea and it's going to be nerve-wracking. Um, I'm not nervous at the moment, I think closer to the time I definitely will be. Um, we're going to start off with a little bit of music for you and this song I'm going to play is a tribute to Fernandinho who played in the game against Everton in the 5-0 win when we lifted the trophy and was absolutely magnificent rolling back the years. So I'm going to play this song for you and then we're going to go over my thoughts on the game and what the possible fixtures might be, what the possible team might be and we are go over some new what's going on in the news headlights of sport, football as well. So. Here we go. Any time now? <laughs> was Stay Young by Oasis and that was in tribute to Fernandinho who I'm hoping will play in the Champions League on on Saturday because of the form he's in at the moment he's playing like he's 28 years of age even though he's 36 so right, my my thoughts if you also as well yes if you want to um, look at my review of the Everton game Man City vs Everton game and look at my YouTube channel Matthew Hoyle and I've got a full review on there, going through the highlights and giving my opinions and reviewing the game on there for you if you want to see that. Now, looking forward now to the game tomorrow, City versus Chelsea. This is going to be a hard game, uh, there's no doubt about that. I think if City play full strength and play to the standard and make no mistakes I think we can win the game, okay? What do I think the team will be? I think he will go with Edison in goal I think he will go Jaakunseo at left back I think he will go Kyle Walker at right back I think he will go centre backs Stones and Diaz. I think um yeah, I think I would go for Fernandinho. I think he'll go for Fernandinho in the holding role. Um because of the form he's on. I think um Rodri is is capable of making a few mistakes. He made a few where he's given the ball away in possession or he's he's pressed and he loses the ball and then City get caught in the transition. He's got a few times where that's happened to him. Towards the end of the season. So I think Fernandino's got to play there. I think he'll go Bernardo Silva. I think he'll go Ilka Gundagan. On the left hand side, Foden. In the centre of the forward will be the false nine, Kevin de Bruyne, And on the right hand side, Riyad Mores. Okay. Um, hopefully, I think at some point we will get to see Aguero come on. Um, even if we need a goal or not, um, yeah, you know, I think he'll come on. You, you know, um, there's no nothing wrong with bringing him on, even if we're one 0 up or two 0 up, in order to get another goal. And I think obviously if he's not, if, we, if we're one 0 or we need a goal. We'll then bring him on anyway to get a goal. Makes perfectly good sense. So yeah, this will be a tough game. Fingers crossed. I think City can and will win it, but it's going to be nerve-wracking. Now, what I'm going to do. I'm going to review some of the headlines regarding Man City and other teams as well. So this worst one I'm looking to look at is in the Manchester Evening News. And it says Harlem breaks silence on future amid Manchester United and Man City transfer interest. Okay. There's Borussia Dortmund striker Erland Haaland has been linked with a move to Man United and Manchester City. In demand striker Erland Haaland insists he has no problem with Borussia Dortmund saying he won't be sold this summer. Which is again, so it's again, they're going over what's already been told, really, aren't they? He won't be sold this summer. It will be more likely next year or summer for the buyout clause of £68 million. That's why I think. I can't see really anybody paying over the odds for Harry Kane this summer. Why would they pay over the odds for Harry Kane when he can just be patient and wait? Man United for example, out of San Cavani on a one year contract extension. City can use Jesus, can use Torres and maybe use Liam De Lap. So they might say well we'll wait till next year and we'll get him for the, for the buyout clause. The Norwegian has been linked with a move from the Bundesliga this summer with Manchester United and Manchester City both interested in the 20-year-old. Haaland has scored 57 goals in 59 games for Dortmund. That's phenomenal. And his goalscoring exploits have put Europe's grandest clubs on red alert but Dortmund's hand has been strengthened after they qualify for next season's Champions League after a strong end to this campaign. Uh, earlier this month Dortmund's chief executive Hans-Lochim Vaxer said Haaland will remain at Dortmund player next year. This is a stance the player himself has no problem with and will let the club decide his future and he will let the club decide his future. Well I have a contract for a couple more years so I am respectful towards my contract he told Norwegian broadcaster Nent Holland is understood to have a release clause in a contract that starts in 2022, which would allow him to leave for a club for a club for 75 million euros next summer, which is roughly 68 million pounds, I believe. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. You know, unless you get, if you get why pay overpay for Harry Kane, why overpay for Harry when you can just wait. Man City didn't struggle scoring goals with a, without Aguero this season. We don't need to replace Aguero because we didn't struggle scoring goals this season, did we? And I think um, Torres will do a good job, and I think Liam Doolan could do a job. So we'll see, won't we? I don't think it will. They will overspend. They will get. They will have a fee in mind for Harry Kane, and they will say we'll pay that nothing more, and if not, we'll wait. Okay. And I think Holland will be the man next season i made sure of a return to the Champions League and won the DVB Pokal earlier this month. He's looking forward to more goals and trophies next season. Like I said before, I'm a big fan of the Champions League, and I think everybody knows that it was a relief to score that spot. It was really important. He said, "I am a single guy, a simple guy. When I lack something, I just want to have more." Like I said before, when I score goals, I always chase the next goal. I have big dreams. I just won my first major trophy and it was a great feeling that I want to win trophies. So again, pretty basic, but yeah, it's going to be interesting, Haaland transfer. Um, Do do we go for Kane? Do United go for Kane? Or do we wait for Haaland? Personally, my opinion. I would wait for Haaland for next summer. I don't think we need we need anybody desperately that they're going to overpay unless they can get a reasonable fee for Harry Kane, which I don't think they will. So the next next article is also from the Manchester Evening News. An I America report drops fresh transfer hint over Man City future. Now, to be honest with you, I'd rather get rid of this guy. He's going to moan about not playing when the fact of the matter is you're in a squad where you need two international players for every position, yeah, in order to be successful as we are. We play, well, I think we've played the most games this season over 60 games than any other club in England this year because we've got to the latter stages of every competition. So he, he's going to get a fair share of games, yet he still wants to, mo- Yet he's still moaning. Get rid of him. Get somebody else in. You know, take the hardware Bellis or do and have Mackay as well. Get rid of him. Get the money, put it towards somebody else, maybe a left back. <coughs> so have him yeah, I am out for thought into it earlier this year that uh, he might not be happy at Manchester City, he's not playing regularly. But again, again, play you know, no sure Pep Guardiola will say to all these players nobody um is guaranteed to play every game. Nobody, and you play A based on form if you are fit, and B based on how you perceive to be fitness-wise, not just physically but psychologically. You know, if you played three games in in a week, then you'll be rested, because that that that's that little extra percentage of having somebody hundred percent fit in comparison to somebody ninety five percent fit. That extra one percent can make a hell of a big difference between. You know, in the in the games, when it comes to winning, so yeah, why he believes at Man City, he should he should play every game. I don't get that. I actually will have. I actually he will be see what happens after the Euro twenty twenty tournament, as he dropped another hint over his Manchester back in February after being recalled to the City team. At Burnley, Laporte was asked an innocuous question about returning to the starting line and gave a response about his Etihad future. At the moment, I'm here. I'll play today. We'll see what happens. He said, "I'm happy at City. I always thought I'd spend many years here. I hope that will happen. I see what happens between now and the end of the season, but for now, I'm happy." I was. It was a strange answer that suggested Laporte wasn't too pleased with playing back up to Ruben Diaz and John Stones, and he has now told the independent that he has found the rotation policy difficult to accept this season. You know, why? That's why you know you don't hear this from Jesus, a Brazilian international, do you? you know, he's not even an international he's only just got in the Spain squad. Part of this of his re- reduced playing time. Has come from John Stone's renaissance with the England man striking up a better partnership with Diaz Laporte than Laporte has. Keeping his cards close with ChesterPorte and Stone's turnaround in form is a good thing, but admitted it has impacted on his chances of playing as much as possible. Laporte said it's good. He has not. He was not playing during the last two years, but he's come back now. I'm happy for him to enjoy his football. I didn't get benefits because I played less, but it's good. So it sounds to me he's not a team player, is he? He's one of these think-of-himself type players. Um, So yeah, again, I think he's definitely worth £90 million. Easily worth £90 million. Get that for him, have Taylor Harwood, Bellis, have John Stones, have Diaz, and have Ake. <clears throat> Playing at the top level clearly matters to Laporte, so much so he has switched, yeah, switched allegiances from France to Spain for the Summer's Euro 2020 tournament <coughs> after being regularly snubbed by Didier Deschamps. We were call up to, for Spain ahead of Sergio Ramos at the first time of asking the port again hinted that his future at City might not be guaranteed so he's been called up to the Spain squad despite being rotated at City yet he's worried about what not being called up to the Spain squad (laughs) I don't understand that at all he said personally I'm happy with what I've done this season when I've played sir I'll just read that again sorry he said personally I'm happy with what I've done this season when I've played I've played really good of course you can always improve but I'm happy with all that and I hope I can do a very good euro and we'll see what can happen so he's definitely putting himself in the window isn't he when you ask me that before the burn again in the period I was playing more I think or maybe less but I don't know the situation is very different now I will not say anything nothing here it's something personal again <coughs> baffling absolutely baffling <coughs> you know where else you're going to go where are you going to get trophies where you're going to get the money you get a city a camaraderie well it's fine if he goes I mean the only really club where step ups really are Madrid isn't it, but they're not going to pay for him. so <clears throat> the 90 million. They're gonna want well, we'll give you five million plus add or something like that That's all they're gonna do. They're not gonna give uh, the money City want for him No chance whatsoever So what else is up on here? Let's have a look Oh, this will be Mourinho claim, Mourinho's claims to Man City and Chelsea fans ahead of Champions League final. Shall so we see what that says? Jose Mourinho sends message to Man City and Chelsea fans ahead of Champions League final. Not, not that anybody really gives a shit what he says, to be honest. Manchester City and Chelsea lock horns in a second All English Champions League final in three years. Former Manchester United boss Jose Mourinho has had an impact. Of supporters in the stadium ahead of the weekend's Champions League final between Manchester City and Chelsea. The two Premier League sides class in Porto are the biggest honour in Europe's football Europe people with a tie being played in front of 16,500 supporters. Following a campaign where fans have been unable to attend matches due to the continuing coronavirus pandemic, the turn of fans for the European final could play a huge impact in the match. Mourinho believes that the game is entirely different when when playing without supporters. Well, oh, that's obvious, isn't it? Adding att- attendance, adding that there are matches in his career that he feels were won due to the presence of supporters. People play with everything they have, and when the stadiums off with all the crow- home crowds, are, they played incredibly, incredibly well for their home teams, and that is also very, very important, I believe. Uh, these last couple of seasons with our fans, this power of the fans and fan, the fans playing football with their teams didn't happen, didn't happen anymore, so be, because so it becomes more a football match just on the grass, but football is much more than that, football is with the people in the stands playing with the players and we miss that, he said, in an interview with MasterGuard. So, yeah, that's interesting. Jose Mourinho who is was um, really now insignificant in Champions League because he's with Roma, and they're not really going to progress much in that. So, but I don't really care what Mourinho says to be I've got no, I don't really like the guy. He's probably really, really nice fella. Um, when he's not in the game, but when he's in the game, he, he turns into, he, I don't like him. He kind of switches his persona and becomes a totally different person in order to rile everybody up and rile the opponents up. So I'm not really a fan of Mourinho. Anyway, and the next song I'm going to play is one is recognising the summer that we've got coming up of football, um, European Championships. And hopefully the freedoms we're now going to have after COVID, starts, the COVID regulations start release and we can start getting out and about on the beaches watching football in the summer and having fun again so enjoy
2: morning on a saturday i got my girls and we're skipping town in my 67442 Got the rag top down Hal Dean's on the radio Ain't it funny how they sing along Makes me smile just a little bit Because it's not a Miley Cyrus song These are the most Fishing bowls. I can't think of any better way for us to cleanse our souls. French driver on the grill tonight. Cherry stone straight out the shell. Just another day in paradise. Another story. I... Get the toll booth line Hal Dean's on the radio And my three girls know Every
0: Lewis, Endless Summer. Great song that. Now I'm going to finish off with news around sport, around football from other clubs and we to start off with um, Sky. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm having sound difficulties here. If you keep hearing anything, I'm having technical difficulties. I do apologize about that. Um, I've got gremlins in my systems, I think. But that's why I do. I do these podcasts, and I don't like to edit edit anything out. I just like to keep it raw as it With all, you know, any any errors in because I just wanted to just let you know that. I've, I'm human, I make mistakes and that um, anybody can do podcasts and you don't have to be perfect. I don't want perfect I just want um it to be me giving my reports on football and any errors in in the podcast, then they will stay in. Now Um, Liverpool, this is according to Sky Sport, have signed Conarte from RB Leipzig. Ibrahima Conate joins Liverpool for 36 million P from RB Leipzig. The 22-year-old French centre-back was an unused substitute in both matches when the two sides met in the Champions League earlier this year. Now to be honest, I've never heard of this guy before, um, so it will be interesting to see what type of player he is. Um, you're more likely if he's going to play Liverpool style. it's going to be a a good, quick, um, ball playing centre half. I imagine. So we'll, we will see. The so Liverpool have signed centre back Ibrahimovic to pay his thirty six million release clause. Canate twenty two made twenty one appearances for Leipzig this season, including eight Bundesliga starts. As the club finished second, thirteen points behind champions Bayern Munich. So yeah. So that's a, that, that looks like a good signing that, for Liverpool, um, which means they should have no issues next season when it comes to centre-halves now, should they? Because um, the young lads Phillips and um, Smith, I think it was, was it Smith, started to do well later on towards the end of the season, uh, where, they, where they had a big run, where they started playing well and looking solid again. So I think Liverpool will be back next season uh, if they can get more goals from other players and I think they'll be back again. All oh, those front three start banging in the sort of numbers they've always banged in. Mane, Salah and Firmino. So the next one, the next article we're going to read is Parallel Lives the Rise of Morez and Kante. Okay when, the, when Manchester to face Chelsea in the Champions League final, a scan of the field for the key figures—the biggest match in European football, club football—is likely to reveal two obvious candidates. They were the undoubted stars at the respective semi-final victories. Marlet has been excellent. Um, we've, been, we've been people. Some people of City fans have been critical of him, and that's because I think sometimes he, he, he keep onto the ball too long and shoot when he should pass or not pass or and his work rate wasn't as good, but this season he's been excellent in every department. Which is why he now he's considered to be the main starter in the main strongest line-up, the City play. Riyad Morris was Man man of the match in their away win against Paris Saint-Germain. He scored the winning goal in the first leg before netting both goals in the second. These were the high points in what has been by far his best season For the club. Now, here's a question. If City win the Champions League, Ballandor, Kevin De Bruyne, maybe Riyad Mahrez would be interesting if Riyad Mahrez won it. Um, He's had a good season domestically and he's had a very good season in the Champions League. So, will it be. What do you think, Kevin De Bruyne or Riyad Mahrez, and then Phil Foden as young player? Well, we'll see. I doubt it though, because the simple fact on the matter is they both play for Man City, so I can't see you know UEFA giving them the giving them the door. Angola can was magnificent. with on Madrid in Madrid at Mahrez. He was man of the match in the first leg before saving his best second when he was the catalyst for both Chelsea goals. Thirteen time Champions League were made to look sluggish in his presence. He is a phenomenal player can't he? His work, his, his, his reading of the game, his tackling, unbelievable. The pair are linked of course in more ways than one. Born just one month and only a handful of miles apart in Paris in 1991, they later became Leicester's teammates. Their arrival in English football heroes, another unlikely title win. Going back, Gina and know each other very well, and yet the sight of them still lighting up the biggest game in football five years on is perhaps an indication that Leicester's success was not quite as unlikely as it once appeared. Something that Andy King, their teammate that season, now points out they are unbelievable, They, they had an unbelievable season, King. Sky Sports it was not just their outstanding performance, but it was their, where they came from. In the lower leagues of France, nobody had really heard of them, and now they are both global superstars. Maybe it should not be quite so surprising that Leicester won the Premier League. It was Mores who was the first to arrive. Uh, was little fanfare when he turned up at Leicester training Ground in January 2014 a spindly figure just shy of his 23rd birthday. His efforts in France's second tier with Le Hare were certainly not been enough to register with his new colleagues in the Championship. We signed for them in the Championship. Fair play. I remember before the first training session when everybody was like geez I don't know if he's going to be ready to play in England Look how small and skinny he is. That was just from looking at his physique. We did not know anything about him. It needed only a matter of minutes for King and Ness to reassess. After season one, everybody was saying, wow, this guy's unbelievable. Where have we picked him up from? He was a joke from the first day that he came in. He flip-flapped someone. I won't name names, but I won't, don't want to hang him out to dry but you just had to burst out laughing I had never seen that in a training session before. Did they know he would win the Premier League titles and maybe the Champions League? No but he was always going to be a top player you could see it from the first session he had the ability and that of talent probably stuff that would have been coached out of him to be honest it had been picked up by Paris Saint-Germain just with the way that the academy system wants people to play. He had to warn us those cage football skills. His feet are some of the best in Europe. His first touch is magic. It is like the ball is stuck on his foot. I don't know if it is something that he learned as a kid, but he has always had that since the first day. The ball is the ball is his friend, isn't it? He is so deli- delicate with it. His speed, his skill. He is now he is stronger than he looks. Riyad, he is wiry and he knows how to use his body because he is so well balanced. He can really hard to shift off the ball. He can be really hard to shift the ball. He's also as well surprisingly good with his right foot as well. He was obviously confident and he included English to fit into the group the lads took him in straight away where he could see that an asset he was going to be forward. Morez was eased in in fact he was on the bench with King King away to Leeds United before making his debut King came on Morez did not. Nigel Pearson is a really good man manager he probably thought that was not the best time to introduce him into it, but it did not take long before the Algerian was making an impact. The equaliser against Blackpool in March stands out. It was what he, we now know, as his trademark, Riyan Marvy, he cut him from the right and bent one into the far corner with his f- left foot. Up, upon promotion to the Premier League, these glimpses began to increase in frequency as the campaign on. You need goals, explains King. That is what newly promoted streams struggle with a bit. They are the hardest thing to come by, the X Factor, that X Factor. We always had a chance with him in a team to produce a bit of magic or get the goals to get us the wins. He actually got moved into a number 10 position and we changed to a 3-5-2. At the end of the season. That was when he really excelled. He was unplayable at times and that is when everyone started to sit up and take notice of him. By the summer of 2021, Marez was a different position and scoring four goals in Leicester's first three games of the season. He never looked back from there. He started like a house on fire which gave him real confidence. And no rule in a four-four two formation on the Claudio Ranieri that relied on Mark Albright and just shuttling inside from the left to ride midfield to allow Maris to roam further forward. Real yeah, Maras could cheat a little bit. I'm not saying he did not work hard because he did, but you could almost leave him out of, out there because you knew Mark would tuck in to make it a, a midfield free on a side on the other side. They worked brilliantly the lads knew, what, knew that if they worked hard he would produce those match winning moments. He did time and time again. You're not kidding, he was brilliant. One special moment for King was a goal that he himself scored against West Brom. That March it came after a delightful crushing pass from mores bringing the ball down out of the sky with ease. He doesn't usually pass it in those situations to be honest. But he sees pictures, he can see the final pass and well he is a complete package. That is why he gets the goals and assists. By that stage Leicester were a formidable side and that owed much to the diminutive figure. Now feverishly patrolling them in Kante, a 5.6 million summer signing from Car, 5.6 million pounds! <laughs> Unbelievable! I had turned up at Leicester's training ground to be met by a similarly, similarly underwhelmed response. The first impression of N'Golo who is this little lad who keeps walking around the training ground. He was there a couple of days before signing. I don't know whether he did not want to sign or. If it was that there was talk Claudio wanted to sign somebody else I think he did actually he did Claudio didn't want him I think he was talked into it he was in for a couple of days in the physio room or you could see him at lunch in his normal clothes with his agent you could come back the next day and he was there again but he still had not signed you were like, is he our player? Nobody knew anything about him. It took him half an hour on the pitch to show that he was a serious player on our hands. You have, you will have seen the mains and heard all the jokes about them by now. The Kante twins in midfield. Jorginho is a holding role, with Kante to his left and Kante to his right. The line about 70% of the planet being covered water and the rest by N'Golo Kante. <laughs> it almost serves to dehumanise him more machine than man. King knows better than most what it feels like to play alongside him in midfield it is an absolute joy. It means you can concentrate on other things but you know that anything out of possession he's going to be able to deal with it. But while he acknowledged the extraordinary running capacity of the former teammate. King believes that, in the rush to credit this aspect of his game, Kante's intelligence is overlooked. He is an unbelievable athlete, don't get me wrong. He is very fast, which is why he gets so many second balls. He closes down so well. But his reading of the game is so much better than when he gets credit for. He senses danger. He knows where people are going to go. He anticipates it. He's outstanding, and that is why it looks like he is going to doing so much running. He is obviously does not does a lot, a lot of work the way that he covers so much ground. It is like having two players, but he's not just because he is an athlete. He is very, very intelligent. That goes unnoticed. People just say that he runs a lot. There is a lot more to it than that. I don't think there's any doubt, in my opinion, that Kante is one of the best in his position um, and why Chelsea will be formidable. They'll have him, they'll have Jorginho uh, or maybe um, Kovacic in all the holding role which frees up everybody else. It will free up the full backs to get forward and it will free up the um, forwards to be fluid. So Chelsea will be a hell of a team to, to deal with. And I think that's why we need the full strength midfield with Gundogan, with Bernardo, with Fernandinho in there to help deal to win that midfield. But I think we played Chelsea twice this season and we haven't dominated them for possession in either of them games. Even their game we won at Stamford Bridge, we didn't dominate them for possession and that is mainly due to, I think N'Golo can say. So yeah, so that's... Um, so that's the the news headlines from Sky Sports. Uh that's how I finished gonna read with. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening today. This was a shorter one than usual. Because obviously we hadn't um no midweek games to talk about. So all we had to talk about is the upcoming Champions League game and I will do another hopefully a podcast after it. Hopefully we will be winners. So I'm gonna play you out with one last <laughs> Being at Man City will rock and roll on Saturday and take a work take home the European Cup the Champions League thanks guys anyway thanks for listening have a great day stay safe and enjoy the game and if you go in be safe thank you love you all